This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. My name's Kate. I'm from the Central Coast. I have a question. What is so important about this election? I'm Sarah Wilson, and you're listening to This Wild Election, a mini-series that will help everyone who gives a shit about the stuff that defines our nation to make their vote count. Well, unless you've been blissfully stuck under a large soundproof boulder the past few months, you'd know here in Australia we have an election coming up May 21st. If it feels like the most long, drawn-out, anti-climax of a thing ever, like, haven't we been talking about this for nine months already? I'm here to tell you, you're not imagining it. Scott Morrison dragged out the timings to literally the last possible date on the calendar in which he must constitutionally go to the polls. So here we are, but all of it has done nothing for our general lack of enthusiasm and I'd say despair and perhaps even disgust around politics right now, which is why kicking off today, I'm doing something a little bit different here. I'm doing a special This Wild Election series. It will run right here on This Wild with Sarah Wilson podcast you're currently tuned into. So this series will be a bunch of shorter, punchier episodes, about 10 or so running every few days that cut straight through to the information you need as a person, I'm guessing, who gives a shit about a bunch of fundamental issues 
that both define who we are as a nation and that you might be feeling have been trashed to bits or have been stuffed under carpets or kicked down the road over the past few years. Things, you know, like having a climate plan for us all, a future for young people, equality, kindness, restoring our sense of humanity as Australians, not lying, decency, you know, that kind of thing. And along the way, I'll be sharing the simplest tricks for actually voting and using your preferences because you're not alone if you don't know how all of that works or need a refresher. In short, this special mini-series will be a one-stop shop for people who, who give a shit and don't want to despair and don't want to give up and are sick of the whining and bitching and just want to talk solutions. I'll also be doing this crazy thing as a collaboration with all of you listening, answering questions, and I already got a bunch of you to send them through a week or two ago, and I'll invite you to keep sending them through. I'll post the instructions for doing this in the show notes, but the short version of things is you can message me via Instagram and use the voice message mechanism, which is is done just simply by pressing the microphone icon. And I'll get those messages and I'll incorporate them into the chat if I can over the next couple of episodes. Hey, I'm Maddie from Melbourne. Um, Maybe someone has already asked this. I think you're amazing. So why don't you run for politics? All right, so some of you, perhaps in moments of desperation, have asked why I don't run for politics if I'm so passionate about it. Well, I've also been asked in the media, and the truth is I was approached to run for two federal seats over the last 12 months, but I decided not to because, well, instead I've decided to do this, to to educate on the election and what matters because this is where I'm best put to use. And if I'm to be really honest with both myself and with all of you, I don't have the temperament for politics. I can't play games and I'm not sure that I want to. There is certainly a lot of noise and shouting and lying and bullying and not answering of questions going on out there. And weirdly, I mean, it's hard to fathom, isn't it? We've found ourselves in a scenario in our two-party system where on the one hand, you've got Scott Morrison running this as his kind of line. You know, I've made mistakes but at least you know what you're getting with me. And then you've got the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, saying, well, can you really cope with another three years of that, referring to ScoMo? This is what we're being presented with, and it's god-awful. And I've never seen anything like it, not since I first got engaged in politics, helping out at the tally room when I first turned 18, and then as a political intern and a speechwriter and research assistant at the press gallery in my early 20s. So, of course, you're feeling overwhelmed and perhaps guilty that you might have become disengaged and don't feel on top of the issues you give a shit about because we're all feeling like that. But my aim here is to acknowledge that, yep, the situation is not pretty, but then to lift us from our disillusion and our despair and from the binary, blamey, bullying language that our politicians seem to have sunk into and map out a dynamic, caring way to make our vote actually work for us. I believe there is hope ahead if we get engaged now. So really what I want to answer with this series is where do we want to take our beautiful Australia at this critical juncture in history? I want to talk ideas and solutions and not whinge and whine. Hi, Sarah. My name is Kirsty and I'm from Queensland. 
and I have a question just around what is so important about this upcoming election and why is it now more important than ever that we are looking to independent parties and really researching into why and how and who we're voting for this year. Thank you. That's an awesome question, Kirsty. And I guess I've got two answers to that. The first is, you know, we're coming out of COVID. It was like a massive pause button had been pressed and we had a good opportunity to have a good hard look at ourselves. You know, we were sent to our rooms, go and have a good hard look at yourselves, Australia. And it's provided with an opportunity for a reset. And it's certainly how the rest of the world is viewing this. And there's incredible policies rolling out around the world for rebuilding their countries. And I think that's how we need to see this election. It is the opportunity to have a reset. So many of the things that we care about are in gridlock. We have not had any progression on policies in these areas. We need to shake things up. And this is the election where we can and should do it. The second thing is, I'm regarding this as the most important election in decades, and some are saying it's the most important election in the world in decades, because so much is riding on whether we get a government in with a climate policy. Because currently, according to the Climate Change Performance Index, we're the only country in the world without a climate policy, and yet at the same time, we're the fifth biggest carbon emitters in the world. And so I actually get a bit of a kick out of feeling the weight of the responsibility here. I won't be telling you who to vote for at any point. I'll be showing you how you can hashtag vote give a shit, which is a hashtag I use on my social media quite a lot. I will just clarify, I'm not paid to do this. I'm not affiliated with any party or with any independent or or whatever. I've never been a member of a political party I'm doing all of this and the stuff on my socials and my Substack newsletter for free because I care and I do think this is the most important election in a very, very long time. I'll get on with earning an income again (laughs) soon, May 22nd, I guess. Now, I might use this opportunity to cover off a few background things. So May 21st, we will be voting for candidates in the House of Representatives and half the Senate, so in both houses. We vote in members of parliament or MPs in the House of Reps, which is the house that determines which of the two parties wins government. It's also called the lower house, which I've always found slightly confusing because the House of Reps seems the main or the more important house and more upper rather than lower. The House of Reps is also the house where you vote in a candidate from your electorate. And their job is to represent you and your electorate or local area in parliament. And there are 151 of these electorates across Australia. Now, we won't jump too far ahead, but you can probably do the maths here. For a government to win a majority government, they need to win 76 seats. And if they don't, that's a hung parliament, which happened in 2010 with Julia Gillard, you might recall. And it could actually happen again this election. It's very rare, but it could happen. On the same day, we also vote for half the Senate positions, as I said. So six in each state. In the territories, so the ACT and the Northern Territory, there are only two Senate seats and those residents there vote on both of these in this election. So the Senate, and yep, this is confusing, is called the Upper House or the House of Review where policies from the lower house, the House of Reps, are scrutinised. Right, so I also mentioned that 
Australia has got a bunch of issues that we really care about, we give a shit about, and that have been in a policy gridlock. And I've looked into this really closely. I've spoken to experts and looked into the studies and also engaged with, well, many of you over the last two years getting feedback. And these issues are the ones that are really values-based and they go to the identity of us and who we are as a nation. So for this podcast, I'm going to name a bunch of them and I'm going to call them the five pillars of care. And we'll keep coming back to them because I think they're key to working out what kind of Australia we do want going forward. The first one is, yep, no surprises here, climate change. We need a climate plan that is in keeping with what the entire globe has agreed to, you know, via the Paris Agreement. And as I mentioned just a minute ago, you know, the Climate Change Performance Index places us as last, you know, in a, in a ranking of 63 nations because we don't have a climate policy. We're literally the worst in the world, which I find incredibly embarrassing. And really, it needs to and can be addressed. The next pillar is integrity in politics. Again, we are in a grimly special category. We're the only OECD country with no anti-corruption body. And so donations and influence from fossil fuel companies is rife. And political parties are allowed to lie in their political ads. And I know that just blows most people's minds, but it's true. And we are one of the only countries in the world where this is allowed. Again, also, it's been on the agenda, this issue, this idea of a federal ICAC or anti-corruption sort of watchdog for eons. It's been kicked down the road and nothing's been done about it. It has to be addressed this election. The next is having an Indigenous voice to Parliament because every bit of research shows it works. And again, both the major parties have just mucked around with this and kicked another can down the road for 15 years. The fourth pillar is the growing gap between the haves and the have-nots, which I think has always mattered to us here in Australia. Ever since we talked about, you know, loving a sunburnt country and singing advance as in progress, advance Australia fair, as in, you know, fairly. So advance Australia fairly. All that legendary stuff about a fair go and being a people who are kind and open, this stuff matters to us. And, you know, we still talk about being fair, although now it's talk of quiet Australians who want a fair go, but keep quiet. And I don't think this is the time to be quiet. I don't think this is a time to pretend that the class divide is getting bigger. So it's a bit of a no-go zone for both the parties. I think we need to be talking about it and we'll certainly be addressing it here in this series. And finally, the fifth pillar of care is bloody well sorting out this horrible and yes, embarrassing gender violence stuff, which I covered off in a recent episode with The Guardian's Amy Ramikas, if you want to go and check that out. So all five pillars of care, they matter to us. And this is the election where we've got to get them addressed. COVID has disrupted things and exposed just how much they matter to us. So let's start talking these ideas rather than all the bickering and identity politics stuff and the gotcha questions, my goodness. The two major parties, you know, when we're talking the standard election issues like economic management, taxes and foreign policy, There's really very little difference between the two. 
You know, the LNP in particular likes to claim they have the upper hand, but really it's not the case. The past few decades, for instance, the Liberals have been the higher taxing party, which of course Labor goes tit for tat on. So it's really these five pillars of care where we can see the greatest difference between the parties. The final thing I'll just throw in here is that the world and things here in Australia are only going to get more uncertain and fractured and hard to navigate going forward. We're not going to go back to some comfortable normal, some Australian utopia of, you know, being laid back again. So we do need leaders and a political setup that can steer us and lead us instead of descending into this kind of squabbling. We need leaders who care, who ask all of us and work with us on where we want to take our beautiful Australia at this critical juncture. I've travelled or lived overseas on and off for about 30 years. And I remember for a long time, it was awesome to be Australian. We were regarded as egalitarian. And some of you might have experienced this. You arrive in a country and, you know, there was this reputation we had for, well, you could come from nothing and, and have a go. And I've got to say, I benefited from free healthcare and amazing public education and a workplace that believe it or not, had a better gender record than it does today. Now you land, you know, at customs in another country and we're regarded as pariahs. It's really quite an odd experience. And some of you may know what I'm talking about. We're regarded as racist and misogynist and holding the world back with our Neanderthal approach to the climate crisis, which totally breaks my heart because I don't think that's who we are as Australians. The problem is our leadership. Hey, Sarah, I'm Phil from Adelaide. I'm going to be interstate on May 21st. Do I still have to vote? Okay, if you're going to be away or interstate, let's just cover this off now. You have to go to a dedicated interstate voting booth, so not the normal voting booth on the day, where you'll be given the right forms. And you can go to the aec.gov.au website. It'll have where those booths are located. You can also do a postal vote anytime from now until May 18th, but they have to be witnessed. And also in a few weeks, you'll be able to vote early with in-person early voting centres opening across Australia. Again, the locations are listed on the Electoral Commission website, aec.gov.au. Now, if you're overseas, it's not compulsory to vote, but can I really, really encourage you to do it? There's a combination of in-person and postal voting services available. And it just depends on, on which part of overseas you're located in. And you can find, again, all of this on the AEC website. I'll put all of this in the show notes. Okay. I think I've covered off most of the things I just want to like get off my chest before we get started with sort of the real episode in two days' time. But I will share this interesting fact. And it's really geared at anyone who thinks I'll just do a donkey vote or I won't show up and I'll cop the fine. So in Australia, there's about 613,000 Australians who are eligible to vote, but are either not enrolled or just don't vote. And so when you divide that amongst the 151 federal electorates, you're talking about 4,000 voters per electorate. Now, last election in 2019, the LNP won by gaining one seat, one seat, and the Labor Party lost one seat. And six electorates across Australia won by just a few hundred votes. Okay, so when you've got 4,000 people in an electorate not voting, 
and that electorate wins or loses by just a few hundred votes, well, you can see how important it is just to turn up and place your vote. So your vote very much counts and no more so than in this election. So if you're game, please download this podcast so that you get each episode as it lands, which will be every few days, and share it with your friends now so that they can do the same, so they can download it and follow along the 10 episodes. And as I say, gratuitous request, if you're on Apple, please press the five stars. If you're going to press four or three stars, you know, don't bother, ignore this instruction. I'll also be doing a bunch of visual how-tos on Instagram and Facebook. And my handle on both of those is underscore Sarah Wilson underscore. It kind of looks like Sarah Wilson with two little feet. And you can also engage with me on my Substack newsletter. As I mentioned before, it's sarahwilson.substack.com. Again, all of this in the show notes. And I'll just invite you one last time to to send me some more questions via, well, direct message, but use the voice message little microphone icon and you will be able to record your voice with your name, where you live and a brief question. So the next episode will drop in two days. It'll be a lot of fun. I want this to be as collaborative as possible and I want it to be positive. It's not about bitching and whining. It's about solutions and it's about ideas that can inspire us. So I'll look forward to seeing you then. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.